previously on Searching for Ghosts. Was Casey going through the teenage rebellion stage that so many have denied? There seemed to be a pattern of adult men showing interest in the underage Casey. This is unsettling at best. This type of thing sets up a scenario that could easily lead to a motive to do harm to Casey. Do these things have anything to do with Casey's disappearance? Is the letter real? Was this the doing of a delusional older man who felt that God was speaking to him in this matter? You know, a child like that, it just, it just don't disappear. It's just uh, not, not the child like she was, because she was a good Christian child. Right. With the uh, background and everything. You just don't run away. She had no, she just no reason to run away. I feel like, which we had never done this before, I'd never like, I mean, because we're only 14, that's something that probably comes when you're 17. Right. You know, to, hey, tell your mom I'm with you, but I'm really going out with this guy. I mean, we really hadn't gotten to that stage of being wild teenagers yet. <laughs> When I first started digging into the story in November of last year, I had no idea about any of the theories that have been floating around Milan for 20 years. But I immediately received some startling information from some classmates of Casey. I knew nothing about Cindy being the focus of this investigation, either officially, unofficially, or in the court of public opinion. And I definitely didn't know about some of the things that people were saying that Casey herself was involved in. My fear of finding any truth in what Casey's peers were saying caused me to drop this project at least three times. But aren't we after the truth? I always thought that being an outsider looking at this case was a benefit. I could be objective because I had limited dealings with the people of Milan. I don't play favorites. I didn't run around with anyone involved, so I have no misplaced loyalties. But once I started getting more and more information, I realized that if we were going to get to the truth, Certain narratives that have been perpetuated for years were going to be destroyed by some carpetbagger musician. I was not going to be a very popular dude. I even asked people involved in the media game what I should do about what I was hearing concerning both Cindy and Casey. And what I was told disturbed me. Basically, I was advised that Cindy was fair game. Her name was already sullied, but these things about Casey, well now, that was a bridge too far. But my fear was that the narrative that has been repeated over and over again was causing people to look at only one possible motive. The drug dad angle with Cindy, and one man in particular, is the prevailing theory in town. This is the story that I've been told so often that, quote, everyone knows, unquote. Well, I don't know that. I do know that some of the things that I've heard concerning people associated with Casey, possibly without Cindy's knowledge, are just as plausible as the drug debt theory. And if we really want answers, if we really want the truth, that might mean that we uncover some things that we don't want to hear. And these things might not fit perfectly into our preconceived notions. We can't have it both ways. The truth is no respecter of persons. The truth just is. I've been slammed because I haven't mentioned the one guy that everyone knows did it. For purposes of this podcast, we will call this man Mr. X. Well, for one, I'm going down the timeline with this, and we're not there yet. And I'll be damned if I'm going to go there prematurely when there are just as many plausible possibilities that are jumping out at me from the beginning. For example, the letter. If my sources are correct, 
This has nothing to do at all with Mr. X. That letter was so alarming that Cindy and others reportedly confronted the author on two separate occasions to get him to back off. It's been 21 years. Do people really think that Mr. X wasn't on law enforcement's radar? I know for a fact that he was. And what do we have to show for it two decades later? Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nada. I'm not saying that Mr. X is innocent. I'm saying I don't know. I've been warned on numerous occasions to beware of people intentionally trying to send me down the wrong path in this case. Not a warning that people might give me faulty information because of fading memories or unsubstantiated rumors that they honestly believe, but actual disinformation. Well, this implies a conspiracy. And while I'm no conspiracy theorist, I took this to heart. That was an eerie warning to receive when you first come into this knowing nothing. It causes you to trust no one. So this episode is the elephant in the room that almost kept this podcast from ever happening. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. Four days after Casey was reported missing, the Jackson Sun newspaper reported that after finding none of her belongings missing at the house, that police were treating this as an abduction. Casey had reportedly been seen at the Gibson County Fair and at a Dyersburg, Tennessee Walmart. This is what led to the composite sketch mentioned in Episode 2, Valerie. In the August 28, 1996 edition of the Jackson Sun, Milan Police Lieutenant Jerry Hartsfield said that, quote, Casey left with someone she knew? and felt comfortable with. Now, we need to find out who that is, unquote. Then on September 15, 1996, the Jackson Sun did an interview with Casey's mother, Cindy. The article begins, quote, Police believe that Casey ran away. It's possible an unknown male is involved. Reports have been phoned in from across the U.S. describing Casey with an older man, unquote. The article included a picture of Casey with a caption asking if she was a runaway, or a kidnap victim. So one month after she went missing, Casey's disappearance was being looked at as this hybrid of a runaway and an abduction. That maybe she was lured away by someone she knew, or willingly left with someone initially, and that it turned into an abduction. Remember the headline mentioned in Episode 2, Valerie, from the October 1st, 1996 edition of the Mylan Mirror Exchange? About a world-famous search and rescue dog named Valerie, who came to Mylan to search for Casey. The headline read something like, Casey left on her own free will, Smart Dog says. Her own free will? The theories floating around concerning Cindy are disturbing. I've heard everything from this being retribution for a drug debt to there being a prostitution ring. These theories all have one thing in common that it was Cindy who got in too deep with drugs, and this was a way for her to pay her debt. But as I stated in episode 4 of the letter, so many of these theories have taken on urban legend status. People repeat these stories as fact, but the problem is that with each person you talk to, you get a different version of a similar story. Many of them don't seem to connect. If there are similar stories with different perpetrators at different locations, they all can't be true. 
Until Cindy decides to speak to me, I only have what she has said in the past. And until recently, this has been next to nothing. But now I have the Jackson Sun articles from the time shortly after Casey's disappearance, when she would talk to the press. Cindy and the Jackson Sun just one month after Casey went missing. Quote, I am so guilty of not communicating with her. My dad was an alcoholic, and he always said, just do it. My mom had a hard time, and I was smacked around plenty. I can't remember spanking Casey but twice because I said my kids wouldn't live like that. But I don't know how to talk about things. Unquote. After being asked if she had seen any signs of rebellion in Casey, Cindy said this, quote, I found out she smoked cigarettes. It just floored me. Unquote. This was the same article where Cindy had discovered that Casey was talking to the 18-year-old that was facing federal charges in a McNary County jail mentioned in the last episode. Fast forward to the one-year anniversary of Casey's disappearance and the things that I was initially told by her peers were verified in the news reports. From Casey's grandmother, Margaret Smith, quote, I just can't believe she ran away, but then I didn't know she was sexually active either. The FBI asked me if I knew that but she wasn't as close to me as she had been. I guess that goes with being a teenager. They said she was mingling with the wrong crowd and had gotten an older boyfriend. He got put in jail for something. Unquote. Later in the article, Cindy also cites receiving this information from law enforcement officials. Talking about Cindy, quote, She too found out from law officers that Casey had a boyfriend who admitted he'd had sex with her for the first time two weeks before she vanished. Unquote. Cindy was also told by police that this boyfriend was not involved in her disappearance. And one year in, the rumors about Cindy's possible involvement were already circulating. From Cindy, quote, It's hard to swallow that some people think you killed your child and hid the body. I can relate to that guy accused in the Olympic bombing, unquote. The Jackson Sun reports from the FBI confirm what I'd been hearing from Casey's peers from day one. Without this confirmation, I don't know that I would have ever mentioned it. That's why I decided to use the audio of the reports I'd received about a change in Casey around the time she went missing instead. Uh, that's when I saw the change in Casey's appearance during the summer before high school. And I saw it too. Because I got her on here on her birthday. You can kind of see how she was. She was younger. Right. But still, she was still that little girl. Right. You know, something went on. That was a way to point to the fact that there were different on-the-record accounts being told from people who knew Casey. In the beginning, this was the only way I knew how to get the audience to at least consider that there might be another person or group of people who would be responsible for this that might not have any connection to Cindy. Because let's face it, Cindy is an easy target, and maybe deservedly so. But everyone involved is doing a disservice to Casey by not telling the entire truth. It appears that it was someone who knew Casey who was responsible for this. So you have to look at everyone who knew her, not just the ones associated with Cindy. But let me be clear, this information in no way lessens Casey's innocence. The only reason this is relevant is that it possibly opens the door for more persons of interest, nothing else. Our culture and legal system have deemed that 14-year-olds do not possess the emotional maturity to make rational decisions regarding sex, but grown men do. The purpose of this episode is to do one thing, to force us to consider other possible motives and perpetrators responsible for this. Because for me at this point, it is just as plausible that Cindy was so distracted by her partying that she didn't realize the type of people pursuing her daughter. With the evidence currently available, 
That is just as possible as any drug or prostitution ring theory. We must stay objective until hard evidence leads us in a certain direction. And it could very well be that law enforcement officials already have such evidence. But until we know that for sure, we have to consider all possibilities. For those of you who follow the Searching for Ghosts Facebook page, you might have seen a post where I said you wouldn't believe your ears in the next episode. Well, this case is fluid. While we are investigating and reporting on the past, trying to get a handle on the actual facts in this case, new leads are constantly coming in. Last week, the person helping me behind the scenes received a tip from a source about a possible dump site. They went out to investigate this and found skeletal remains. When I made that post, I was sure that they were human. The authorities were contacted, and they took the remains for analysis. We later received word, after I'd already posted on Facebook, that these were indeed animal remains. I apologize for any unnecessary hype. I got excited. It happens. We have a pic of the remains at sfgpodcast.com so you can see what was found. Tell us what you think. You've been listening to the Left of Nashville Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.